I literally haven't cut my hair since the last time I cut it for cancer, which coincidentally was almost exactly three years ago uh, as of two days ago. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Each and every week we get to break down the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with friend of the show, John Rush, Grey Cup champ and former bomber. John, thanks for doing this again. Looking forward to our chat today. Yeah, no problem, Dave. It's always a pleasure to be here and talk some football. Yeah, now it is a bye week, so we may uh, have to talk a little bit more about you, but we'll get to you <laughs> later on. Let's For recap sure. the uh, Bombers versus the Elks. And uh, the first takeaway I think uh, we, we need to talk about is the kicking. John, is this a, is this a <laughs> massive red flag, five-alarm fire warning at this point? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, there's, the short answer is 100% yes. Something uh, at this point, something has to be done. And, you know, it, it is kind of, uh, you know, a blessing in disguise that they – uh, we're able to have the bye week this week because it gives them time to figure it out. Um, you're, it's not like they're rushing in a short week where they just don't have time to do anything um, or or to figure out the you know the situation. They have a bye week. They're you know gives them essentially almost two weeks to figure it out. Um, you know this week plus you know the a whole prep week next week. So yes, and, and the short answer is yes. It's a huge red flag, but uh, I trust that. The, you know, Walters is very much on top of this at this point. With that being said, though, Mike O'Shea came out and he kind of uh, stood behind his kicker. What does that say to the locker room or, or to fans? Is that just a coach, you know, uh, who really believes in this guy wanting to give him a shot? Or is that kind of lip service to just try and calm everybody down a little? No, I O'Shea's, O'Shea's always going to be on the side of the players because he, you know, because he understands. And, 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 you know, like we've talked about it before, you know, it, it, they're young kids too. Like it's, you know, it's not like, you know, like I said before, you know, we were extremely spoiled with Medlock being literally one of the best, well, literally the best kicker to ever play in the CFL. Um, and then going to a rookie, uh, it, you know, obviously there's going to be some hiccups. So, uh, you know, Osh is always going to stick by the players. And, you know, that's, you know, that's why we, um, respect him so much, but at the same time, if you know, if, if Osh is saying there's something there, then you know there's there's something there. So uh, there obviously will be some hiccups, but at the same time, you know he's young. We got to give him time to develop, of course. But at the same time, you know there we we also got to win games, and we can't we can't you know lose games because of this. At the same time, right? So uh, you know maybe getting a like a vet guy in in the meantime to help you know, kind of groom him along, bring him along, be a mentor for him until he is at that point to be ready uh, would be the best, uh, you know, kind of scenario. And I really think that's kind of what he was trying to get at there. Yeah, and again, I think it says a lot to the other guys too where he could have thrown a kid under the bus, but he didn't. He put himself out there and, and is taking a couple bullets for it. And I think that's what a good coach does, right? Like that says a lot to the locker room. No, yeah, exactly, right? You know, and, and having having your coach have your back like that you know it does a lot for your own personal confidence as the kicker but it also does you know it also shows the rest of the team that you know okay you know if i screw up the you know coach is going to have my back so um it's you know it's not the 
end of the world, but it is, uh, you know, at least you have somebody fighting for you in your corner. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the game. Winnipeg comes out big in that first quarter, and maybe they thought it was going to be uh, point night a little bit, John, like we talked about. Uh, it was a battle. Edmonton was scrappy right up until the end there. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of the Bombers' sixth win of the season? I think they made it's significantly more difficult on themselves when they needed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made that game almost a nail-biter for no good reason. They came out swinging. Um, and this is, honestly, this is this happens quite a bit, and you see this quite often, actually, where, you know, you, you get up early on a team, and you take your, you know, your foot off the gas, and then, you know, the other team comes back, right? And, you know, once you start playing kind of defensive football like if you're if you're on the offense you're playing defensive football you're not you're not winning <laughs> and that's kind of what I saw ended up happening and and um you know they started off amazing you know obviously they they came out blowing them out of the water everyone was like I, I literally almost shut it off but I'm like I'm like yeah it's the CFL you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> I won't shut it off uh so I and I didn't and I'm glad I didn't but uh, but yeah, you know they, you know they kind of just took their foot off the gas, and 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 kind of like what we talked about last week, you know, you 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 kind of get too high on yourself, right? You get you kind of it's like when you expect to have those point games, they rarely ever happen because you kind of just start doing your own thing, and when that happens, the other team kind of you know has a plan, <laughs> like the other team has a plan, so they're gonna they're gonna kind of formulate something against you, so. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. You know, a win's a win, no matter what, which way you look at it. And, and, and winning in professional sports is never easy, so a win's a win, and they're six and one, so everyone's happy. Uh, but there certainly was a lot to learn from that game, um, no doubt about it. Yeah, and uh, again, the big guys showed up when they needed to. Zach Kalaros, uh really good again. Great completion percentage, a touchdown with one pick, but he was good. Andrew Harris, almost 100 yards. Rashid Bailey. Uh, a big night, six catches for 72. But Nick Dembski, is he one of the most underrated athletes in the CFL given just what he offers on every offensive down? Uh, 100%. 100%. He could be a running back. He could be a slot back. He could be a wide receiver. Uh, you never know what he's going to do. Uh, and it's, it's crazy how few teams actually account for him uh, in their defensive schemes. They kind of just like they act like he's like any other player. And I'm just like... In what world is Nick Dembski just another wide receiver out there? Like you guys are, you guys are losing it. <laughs> uh, the defense really stepped up too, and any points you get from your defense are are usually a bonus. Uh, you get an interception for a touchdown. You get a, a fumble forced by Willie Jefferson, recovered by good guy Adam Big Hill. Boy, like there's just nothing like getting points on the defensive side of the ball, eh? It you know it it's so it's so great you know when you get a defensive touchdown it's just like it's just like the best feeling but as a as a defensive player it also kind of sucks because if you get like a if you're already on like a long drive and then you get like a pick six or something like that you got you know you have to go right back out there again too so you're like oh man I'm so tired but like it's such a like you're like so happy but you're like oh man I really need a break so it's kind of like a catch twenty two almost. I love that. I've never, I, I've never really put two and two together. But you're right because it goes right to the offense, right? Like the 
the broadcasters are always talking about the offense needs to bounce back here. You often forget that the defender just ran 50 yards to the house and now he's got to go line up again or even... Well, exactly. Right. And, and usually, you know, usually too, all of those guys are on special teams. <laughs> so they go right from, you know, getting a pick six to kickoff to defense. You're just like, you're just sitting there like, man... I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully they just do a run play and then we can get like a TV timeout or something. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, I know a, a couple of the takeaways that you had from the game were actually on the other side of the the field, which were the Edmonton Elks. You were really impressed with uh, Taylor Cornelius, and, and you see kind of something special in him, eh? No, 100%. I, you know, it's always, it's always interesting, you know, when you got a new quarterback in the league, no one's really kind of heard of him he's never really that you know he had he had some reps in the xfl but who really knows you know the xfl is a different game uh than the cfl so you know you got a quarterback coming up here that you know hasn't ever shown his thing so you don't really know what to expect out of them usually and and, and to be quite honest a lot of the times those quarterbacks end up being very you know timid you can see they're flustered and you know, rightfully so. I, I I could I. There's a reason I don't play quarterback, and it's because I couldn't play that position. Um, having you know, 200 and 300 pound men running at your head—that's not ideal. Um, but he he just looked comfortable. He you know he made some mistakes uh, for sure. Uh, you know he's a he's a young quarterback, first game in the. Anybody expecting this kid to have a perfect game after learning he was. Uh, the starting starting quarterback, you know, midweek, you know, is is delusional. But he has an absolute rocket of an arm. He, like I at one point I counted uh, from where he threw the ball, he threw a sixty yard bomb on a dime, and I'm like, man, like the, the receiver didn't catch it, but I was like, man, that is that is impressive. Like not a lot of people can do that. Um, so you know, his arm strength is there. He looks cool, calm, and collected. He has mobility. He took off on a couple of runs before. And at one point, he actually ran away from Jesse Briggs. And Jesse Briggs runs like a 4-3 or a 4-4 40 time. So um, I was like, man, this kid's got some wheels too. Like he's actually quite in, like athletic just as a, you know, as a, a quarterback. Um, and to be honest, he, he kind of got like hindered a couple of times by his own wide receivers. Like I think I counted at least six very catchable balls that the Elks receivers dropped where I'm like, man, that, that that could turn the tide of the game. If like, those were like big situation catches, like second down catches that would have given them the first down and things like that, that changes the tide of the game. Um, and so, you know, I'll be, I, I'm actually quite interested to see him progress and to see what happens next. It'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. Talking with John Rush here on Bombs Away. Uh, John, we're going to get into the bye week, kind of what players get up to with the time off, when they're required to be back and stuff. And then we're going to get to know you a little bit later on as well. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. I I do want to bring up this article on the Bombers quarterback, just to bring it back to Winnipeg. Uh, Coloros uh, got a lot of support from Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. And and one comment really stuck out to me. Kelsey said, oh, that, oh, yeah, Zach is good enough to play in the NFL. As if it's almost a slight to the CFL for, for what the CFL players can do. As players in the Canadian Football League, 
do the comparisons to the NFL or or any time the NFL is brought up, is that frustrating to you guys? Do you hear that stuff? Or is that more just for fans to kind of get riled up about when it, you know, there's a bit of a inferiority complex between leagues in fans' minds? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, it is something that's kind of talked about, and, and we actually just straight up kibosh it in the, the, the locker room. Uh, you know, everyone's always like, oh, like I came from the league, and it's just like, okay, bro, you're here now, and this is the league. So, um, <laughs> like, there is no, like, there is no, like, other league. If you're here, you're here. Like, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of it. But, you know, that being said, you know, you know, obviously, you know, the NFL, you know, they get paid a lot more money. Uh, you know, there's a lot more at stake and things like that. But it, it's kind of interesting <clears throat> seeing some of these guys that come up from like the NFL that got like cut or like played in the NFL for a couple of years and um, that and were good, but ended up in the in the CFL. And they think they can just like come up and just like they're just gonna like dominate the league, and then like they're out of the league in like a half a season it, because it, they it, they don't understand that the CFL is basically just as competitive as the NFL. The NFL just has better marketing. Right. You know, it, you know, save for, you know, the best of the best. You know, if we're talking, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes came to the CFL, like, it, you know, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, but, like, for, like, 90% of them, you know, their top 10% is obviously significantly better. There's no doubt about it. But the middle... 90% are going to be just as good in the CFL as the NFL. It just all, you know, a lot of it was just luck of the draw and, and where you ended up. So, you know, we kind of kibosh that a lot in the, uh, in the locker room right off the bat. It's like, if you're here, you know, that's, you're here. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't matter like how you ended up here, what, what, you know, what brought you here. Uh, you know, we don't care if you played in the NFL for, you know, three years or you were, you know, you know, you're an NCAA champion or whatever. Like you're in the CFL now, and 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 if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Then <laughs> like we don't care. You know, we'll 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 pick up other guys. So there's uh there is it is kind of talked about, but we kind of kibosh that uh, right in training camp. You know, it's, it's one of the things that we we say right in training camp where it's it you know it doesn't matter. And then and then from there, you know, when when you know guys like Travis Kelsey or or you know, I remember when uh, I remember when Strebler went down and he threw he threw an interception. One of the announcers was like, "Oh, this isn't the CFL. You can't just throw a ball in the middle." And it's just like, first of all, it was like the stupidest thing you could have ever said because um, what do you like? What does that even mean? Quarterbacks can't throw the ball in the middle of the field. Like that was what? Uh, and then second of all, it just shows like how the the complete lack of understanding of the CFL he has. So. You know, when, when people say things like that, like, the guys are just like, the guys are trying to just like, yeah, they just don't even know what they're talking about. They just, you know, they, they just sound like kind of stupid to us. But, you know, it's like it, they obviously are just saying it because, you know, that they're just, they don't understand and they, they think that that's what it's like. So it's just, it, we understand it comes from a place of ignorance. So we just don't really care that much when people like that say it. Yeah, and you know what, fans are, uh, and I'm guilty of it just as any fan, uh, when, a, when a player comes with NFL experience, I think we all get a little excited, like, oh, he's got uh, you know this much higher level of talent. He, he, but it, really, you're right, he's not, like, they're often not, and translating NFL to CFL success is very, very hard to do, and it seems like sometimes the announcers almost make it seem like Doug Flutie and Warren Moon, they succeeded in spite of the CFL, you know what I mean? 
No, exactly. Yeah, it, it, you know what I mean. It's 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 interesting because it's usually the other way around. It's like it's usually you you succeed in the CFL, then you go down to the NFL and you also succeed. It's rarely the other way around where you know you go to the NFL, uh, do well, and then come to the CFL and do well as well because uh, it just it just never happens, right? So uh, it, it's very interesting. You know, you look at Doug Flutie. You look at you know Cameron Wake. A lot of people forget that Cameron Wake played in the CFL, went down to the Dolphins, and absolutely killed it. Uh, you look at Strebler, who's doing extremely well. You know, there's there's so many stories like that. Of um, um, sorry, I'm just I'm blanking on the the receiver's name right now, but from Carolina, uh, yeah, 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 Zilstra. Zilstra's killing it uh, for Carolina right now. Uh, you know, there's there's so many stories of it being the opposite. So it's kind of it's kind of funny where people don't understand that where it's like yeah all of the all of the success stories are actually the opposite all of the people coming from the cfl to the nfl do well in the nfl but all of the people coming from the nfl like when's the last time someone's come from the nfl into the cfl and and killed it and just like absolutely torn up i i literally cannot even name one person the biggest name i think would have been like ricky williams with the argos coming back but that didn't that didn't really go well I was gonna say I didn't really go well, and I I feel like he had like a couple good games, but like in you know what I mean. Yeah, like, but everybody like, like he came down, and then everybody thought he was just gonna run for two hundred and fifty yards a game, and oh he's exactly. he did this in the NFL and did that in the NFL, and it doesn't yeah. translate. Well, I, no, exactly. You know what I mean. So yeah. like so like it, it it rarely ever is like NFL guys coming to the CFL and doing well. You know what I mean? Like they'll do like there are guys that like do well and and. We'll have good seasons and things like that, but it's not like they're coming up here and having, you know, like like you said, two hundred and fifty yard games. Yeah, like they it's, they're it's not coming happen. here to they're not coming here to revitalize their career, then going back and signing, you know, forty million dollar yeah. contracts. You know, anyway, exactly. that, that's a that's a weird tangent that we went off on there a little bit, but uh, let's get back uh, to the bye week. The Bombers are off now for for a couple weeks. They're back in action. Uh, Friday, October 1st, late game in BC. So hopefully they get into BC a couple days early and they can get adjusted to the time change. John, what do guys get up to on their bye week and how many days off do they actually get, you know, during this time? Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of interesting, uh, especially now with obviously all the the, the restrictions. I can't imagine too many guys will be doing too many things. And uh, for the most part, like everyone, like a lot of people like think that like, we go party or something like that. Most guys just go see their family. I would say probably 90% of guys just go see their families. <laughs> like it's nothing like it's nothing crazy where like, because a lot of guys have to, you know, will come up for the season and have to like leave their family, like wives and kids at home and things like that. So, um, so a lot of the times they're just kind of going home to see their family uh, for their week off. And usually we get, usually they try it. It kind of depends on when, you know, when this week finished and when our game the week after is. So say, say we finished on Saturday this week and our next game wasn't until Saturday, Saturday the week we come back, we would actually get from Sunday till Sunday off and we would have to report Monday uh, and then it would be like a normal week kind of like that. But um, so we would technically have the full seven days off, but rarely does it ever line up like that where a lot of the times like, you'll play Saturday, and then the week you come back and play, it's a Thursday. So technically you would only get five days off because then you'd have to you know, report back on a Saturday. And so it, it all kind of depends on how the schedule lines up, which can be you know, obviously very frustrating for guys. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting now with all the restrictions. Uh, I can't imagine too many guys are leaving. So the, a lot of probably just video games and hanging out and and enjoying um, what what little nice weather we have left is uh, is probably what most of the guys are going to be up to this week. John, uh, you know, as, as much as, as fans kind of love football, and I'm sure the players love football just as much as the fans, you know, by week nine or, or week eight like we're in now, do players just kind of start to hate football and need to relax a little bit, both mentally and physically? Because you guys got to be banged up at this point in the season. You got to be sick of the coaches barking at you. Is it just like when normal people go on vacation where it's like, all right, I'm just not going to be a blue bomber for a couple of days here? Well, uh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. It, uh, it's, 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 in, it's interesting because um, the, especially, I mean, obviously this year the, the season is shortened, but normally it's, you know, it's a 16-game it's a season, but they, um, or sorry, it's 18 games. I was confusing it with the NFL there for a second. It's 18 games, um, but that doesn't include the three bye weeks, and that doesn't include the four-week training camp plus the two uh, preseason games. So in reality, the season, they say is, you know, they say is 18 games, but that 18 games turns into, you know, 28, 29, and then if you go into playoffs, you're getting into the 30, you know, 30 weeks. You're, you're getting well over six months of the year. Um, and doing, you know, doing football for 12 hours a day, um, it's long. It's it's extremely long. By by the midway point, most guys are are pretty uh, exhausted. They're pretty like they need a break. They need to kind of recharge, and um, that's the importance of bye weeks is is huge. And I remember like my second uh, my second year in the league, we had a bye week the first week of the season, and the, this next bye week was the second last week of the season, and we we had to play like fifteen or sixteen games in between there. And you could tell how just worn out guys were. Like guys were just like, "Hey, we we need a break. This is um, especially because you know in, in a normal job where you you go to you you kind of you're you're doing it. Um, most of the time, you're just kind of sitting at a desk, which is extremely draining. Don't get me wrong, uh, but you're not you know beating your body up as well as mentally draining yourself, uh, where you would need even more of a break where you know like these football players do so uh but yeah by the midway point you know week nine you can really tell guys are kind of it's it's weighing on them you know they need a break they need to kind of like get back and, and rejuvenate especially you know like i said before a lot of these guys are also away from like their friends their family you know their wives their kids like that's that's not an easy thing to do by any means right Absolutely, man. Like it's it's mentally taxing, and then you're getting yelled at at times, and you're putting yeah. your body through everything. Yeah, it, it it can really wear on people. And again, it's a job, and maybe people wish that they could do it from the outside looking in, but it's just like any other job. You got to be successful, and you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself. John, that's something that you take a lot of pride in taking care of yourself. You are a proud vegan, uh, although you've been eating a lot of burgers lately. And if you follow you on Twitter at John Rush thirty two or Instagram, you may get confused at sometimes with exactly what you got going on, but you have had a few great Twitter battles the last little while. First of all, you know, that shirt, it, it is pink, but it's not like a hardcore pink. I just want you to know that. Thank, thank you. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate you at least supporting the pinkness of it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not saying it is 
you know, hardcore pink. I'm just saying even salmon, you know, if, if you call it salmon, it's just like that's a shade of pink. So, like, still technically pink, right? But these, you know, these people saying it's orange, I'm just, I cannot understand it at all. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, it is, it's definitely not, because like, I think when people think pink, they think, like, bright pink, like the Power Ranger back in the day. So yeah, I, I yeah. think, yeah, that's a different kind. The pumpkin comparison made me laugh because you actually have not had a lot of pumpkin-flavored things in your life, so I'm surprised you could actually tell what a pumpkin was, <laughs> even though you, you don't know what it tastes like, right? Yeah, no, it's fair. I mean, I grew up, I think, the, I think the most hilarious thing is I grew up literally 30 seconds from a giant pumpkin farm, too, so... Um, you know, I just, I, I don't know why I've never had anything pumpkin flavor before, but I, uh, I've seen enough of them in my life to, to recognize them. <laughs> it is awesome. Uh, John, I know you're trying to be king of the tater tots. Uh, how is your tater tot influence going and, uh, you know, how can maybe people get on board with you to help you out? It's, you know, it's going great. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I just actually am in the, in the process of creating a tater tot poutine recipe that turned out phenomenally well. I was very impressed with it. So, uh, I, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of this funny little thing that we started for just for jokes and then people, uh, people loved it. And so now, you know, I'm creating all these different recipes for them. Uh, you know, and I think, I think the next step here is to get like a tater tot brand deal where I, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if we can get like McCain's to, uh, McCain's to sponsor, one of my my recipes or one of my creations or something or if there's another tater tot uh, company out there that wants to sponsor me but I think that's the the next move to uh, to really uh, bring my tater tot influencer status into the you know to the next level you know you look at some of the bombers that have been having career years on the field John I think you're having a career year off the field pal <laughs> you've, uh, you've really got it going on you're gonna end up uh, being a Winnipeg influencer for some very random things but it's gonna be great uh, we'll do a because it's the bye week we might as well come up with a new segment um, we'll, we'll do a, an ask John segment where we'll we'll tweet out that you can ask john a question and, and you can listen and maybe uh john will answer your question on the next episode of bombs away so we'll do that we'll start this week and, and i'll start with the first question john because i've been wondering this for a while when is the last time you had an honest to goodness haircut like not yeah. just like a trim like an honest haircut yeah no that's that's it's funny um because i just i was just talking about that on instagram and uh I got so I when I got my beard trimmed a couple months ago. I also got the hair trim, but like they they didn't even take uh, like an inch off. They I think they took like less than half an inch. It was just basically to cut the dead ends and stuff like that. Uh, but before that, I literally haven't cut my hair since the last time I cut it for cancer, which coincidentally was almost exactly three years ago, uh, as of two days ago. So. Uh, I literally haven't had a haircut in over three years now. That is, uh, that's crazy. So if, it, uh, again, it would probably have to be something pretty important for you to cut your hair again, eh? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I plan on doing, so last time I did it, I grew it out for five years, and then I ended up uh, raising like $5,000, and uh, we cut it for cancer and things like that, which was, you know, it was a really great event. So I'll probably do something similar uh, again this time around. I'm just, we're just trying to figure it out now to to make it make the most sense and, and see how we can see how we can kind of uh, organize it again and and make a make it a big event that you know we want people to come to it and have fun and and you know make it like make it like a big thing 
not just uh, you know, not just me in my bedroom, you know, shaking <laughs> my head or something like that. That's that's no fun. So <laughs> no, it's way more fun to have people around, kind of laughing and and making it a big event. Exactly. No, exactly. Speaking of people laughing uh, at your sister's expense, how does she feel about when you post photos of her on your Twitter account and you know get a couple hundred likes on it? Yeah, uh, she. You know, it's it's all it's all in good fun, which is you know, which is what I love about my family is we all just love kind of. Uh, razzing each other and it's it's awesome so it you know i have a really great and supportive family which is you know all these people all everyone's kind of commenting me like oh man like she's gonna kill you and all this stuff i'm like i'm like she posted this on her own public instagram anybody can go see this picture like it's it's not like you know it's not like i took this picture in secret or something like no like she she's the one that put it out there so uh, you know, if she didn't want people seeing it, she, you know, she didn't have to post it. So, uh, but no, it, it's it's all good. They, uh, my family's great, and they, we all we all do it to each other. So, you know, it's not like you know, it's not like it's just one way. Like she she comes on my Instagram lives and and, and makes fun of me. So it's you know, it's it's a lot of fun. That is awesome. Yeah, if you uh, ever get a chance to check out those Instagram lives, do it because uh, maybe you could uh, message in a question and John will answer. Maybe his sister will come up with some embarrassing questions to ask John, and I'm sure that would be entertaining as well. John, last two to wrap up. Uh, the dogs are living their best life. I, I believe if you could switch places with Banum, you would. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, one million percent. He's, <laughs> he's beside me right now, and he. Uh, hasn't moved from this position in what time is it? It's 11:30 currently. Uh, he hasn't moved from this position in three and a half hours since he ate his breakfast. He eats his breakfast. He goes outside to pee. He comes back in and he sleeps. And uh, you know, I really, I truly envy that life. I, I really do. That is the best. Uh, John will wrap up with it's a bye week for the Bombers, so. Uh, no bomber football to watch this weekend. What will you get up to, and what will keep you busy? Uh, you know this weekend. You know what? I actually uh, I'm hanging out with Thomas Miles this weekend. So former bomber as well. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a couple months now. So uh, I'm excited. It's always it's always good to you know catch up with uh, you know some old pals and and you know stay connected. And that's kind of the beauty of the CFL is you you, you kind of get. Or the beauty of sports in general, you know, you get you get put on a team and you get automatically, depending on what sport, you know, 50 best friends. You know, like you, you get 50 friends automatically right there. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out with Thomas this weekend. We're having a barbecue together. We're gonna, uh, we're just gonna kind of talk and and hang out and talk about life, sports, and and kind of what we're up to now. So yeah, I'm really excited about it actually. That is really awesome, and any time that you know, he wants to jump on the pod here, he's more than welcome, or any former teammates, or any special guests that you want, John, we can always have a conversation with them, because, uh, well, that's the thing about football, right? It's open for everybody, and, and uh, you're just such a welcoming, inclusive guy, and, and it's, it's, really, it's really cool. So thanks so much for doing this. I always appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem, Dave. I really always appreciate talking about football. I don't really get to do it that much anymore, so uh, you know, it's always good that at least once a week I get to... Uh, you know, speak my mind on, on something other than, you know, dogs and vegan food. <laughs> <laughs> and tater tots. Don't forget tater tots. And, and tater tots, of course, yes. John, you're the best, buddy. Thanks. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, sounds good. We'll chat soon. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings, only on Country 107.